Welcome to Par Talk, the show built for new golfers to find the answers they're looking for. I'm your co-host, Will, and on today's episode, we're going to talk a, a little bit of for uh, uh, Labor Day weekend fun and a little bit of the state of the show, things that are coming soon, brainstorm a little bit about what we want to cover next, give you a, a little peek behind the curtain of how this show uh, gets made. But Matt, how are we doing? Yeah, doing good. I uh, had a nice Labor Day weekend. How about you? I had a great Labor Day weekend. I was on uh, I was on vacation from work in the week leading up to Labor Day weekend, which is oh, that's nice. It's the best. You just get that little extra day, which mm-hmm. um, is a is a game changer. And we went to visit my family in Maine. My parents, uh, as you know, have a place in Maine, and so we mm-hmm. uh, we spent the whole week up there. Wow! What did that you do? Really nice. Um, I actually did something fairly similar. I was up in, uh, Maine, kind of Southern Maine for a bit. Um, it was just me and my wife and we were, uh, kind of just hanging out, went to, uh, to the pond and, uh, kind of floated around in the sun, uh, relaxed. Um, you know what I need to send you? What was that? Like a floating golf hole. Floating golf hole. Is that a thing? Yeah. I'm sure it's a thing. The internet has everything. I I bet you 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 could put it out there in the lake or the pond and you just hit to it. Yeah. It feels so wasteful to me to uh, hit balls into the lake. I don't know. Well, how how deep is the lake? It's like, it's not very deep, I guess, but like the deepest spot is, you know, 20 20 feet. And it's it's pretty murky and muddy. You know, you're not not getting anything back. You drop in there. Yeah, we may have to get floating golf balls. I'm sure those exist too. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting actually. I like that. There you go. Coming from an Amazon order coming soon. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I take it you didn't get to get out and play any. No, not yet. I've I've really been meaning to. I've just been very busy the last uh, few weeks. But too much uh, work I'm, for the uh, for the I newly know. minted PhD. <laughs> yeah, it's really an issue. It's getting in the way of my golf. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's just a fact of life. Um, well, hopefully you'll have some coming up soon. I think so. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm really, really trying to get some practice in uh, before our trip, and so, you know, the next couple yeah. of weekends, I'm gonna make effort to get out there. Good. Good. Well, I played. Uh, I played a little bit for the both of us then over the course of the week of Labor Day. Oh, good. Yeah. You want to tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, so we um, where we go in Maine, there are a couple golf courses, and I brought Michelle. So Michelle was on the trip with me, and she is now getting into a little bit of golf. So we traveled with our golf clubs, which um, mm. I guess I should probably start there because that is an ordeal. It's a it's a yeah. pain. I've seen people um, do it like at the airport, and I've always yeah. been kind of. Like I kind of understand why they do it now, but like when I would see them before, I'm like, why wouldn't you just rent your clubs? You know. <laughs> Well, you always kind of want, you know, you feel like me, you kind of want to have your own stuff. and No, you know, I totally I, get it now, yeah. I think the the big thing that was also tough about this is we tried to basically get both of our clubs into one travel bag so that we didn't have to oh. go buy another travel bag, which, yeah. you know, was fine. Because basically what we ended up doing is um, we put her bag in there with, I think we gave, she played with like six or so clubs. Um, it's a little less than half a set. And then I brought along, um, I have this Jones bag, which is like a single strap, like nylon bag. That's pretty small that I sort of jammed into there so that it Mm -hmm. it fit pretty well actually. And then I brought only eight clubs. Um, cause I think technically the airlines tell you you're only allowed to bring 
you know, 14 clubs and a dozen golf balls and the golf shoes. Like they're trying to not have you jam as much stuff as possible in there. Mm -hmm. But I've never had anybody police me, you know. I like to stuff my golf bags with my hiking shoes and (laughs) an extra backpack and some sweaters Mm -hmm. and like, you know. Yeah. So – we uh, we made the most of it. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. And are you putting um, all of this into like a golf bag, or do you have a special bag? Uh, so you do. I'm having trouble you imagining. Have, um, yeah, it's like um, it's like a big duffel bag, and it okay. goes around your clubs. So you put your golf bag that you've got inside this this travel bag. Oh, okay. And yeah, I know exactly. It protects what you're talking it about, transit. And there's actually right. a couple of versions. There's like the soft-sided kind. So I have the soft-sided mm-hmm. kind because it's it's yeah. cheap and I can store it easily at my house. Right. Um, and then there's like the hard-sided kind that you see for like instruments and guns and stuff like that where it's like yeah. it's really rigid, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The soft one's definitely a little easier to uh, travel with, I think. A little easier but a little riskier because um, <laughs> in theory, right, like they're a little bit more – prone to potential damage in transit um which yeah, lucky for me didn't happen on this one which was no, that's good which was good yeah mm-hmm. it has happened before though i had um oh, i had a three wood head uh get snapped in transit uh oh. probably like four or five years ago now but wow it's been a while what? the whole the head snapped or like the the the, the head i guess the shaft snapped right off by the head so very okay. very close to the top Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I I will say I, that um, this travel experience mm-hmm. was the first um, – it's a new innovation for me. I have an, mm-hmm. I have an AirTag now. So Ooh. I have never had an AirTag before. It was recommended to me by a few friends who have traveled and, and lost luggage. Not even golfers, yeah. right? Like just people, you know, they throw it in their yeah. luggage. Um. Yep. And so I got it and I put it in the golf bag and we had a little bit of an eventful travel day where on the first way on the way out because we were supposed to fly Delta um, through LaGuardia up to Bangor. And then there were some delays and then they offered us a rebooking that would get us in a lot earlier. So we mm-hmm. took it. Mm-hmm. Only then did we realize that it was a... Uh, Delta flight to Newark and a United flight from Newark to Bangor. And we were like a little bit nervous. What would that mean Mm -hmm. for the bags? When you go to check the bag, they tell you it's going to be fine. They're going to transfer it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We get to to Newark. Right. Because like these airlines don't talk to each other. They're competitors. (laughs) Um, But we get to Newark and we, Newark is a, an abominable airport. It's so bad. (laughs) Um, there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. We're on the bus between our terminals, which is ridiculous that you have to take a bus between terminals. And we get to our our terminal for the United flight, and I just pop open the air tag. Um, mm-hmm. It's not close. It's like oh, all the no. way across the airport. And Michelle is reassuring me, like, "Hey, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine." It'll get there. There's plenty of time. It doesn't move. Yeah. For minutes and minutes and minutes, I go to the the desk and I say, hey, like, are we going to, like, are they supposed to transfer? Like, I was supposed to show you this little badge that says, like, you know, here's the the flight uh, that we came in on. 
He sends me to customer service. Literally no one is helpful. Um, <laughs> and, and eventually, at this point, we, how, how long until the flight? Oh, like minutes, like, like, minutes. like 10 minutes oh. till boarding. Like, oh, wow. I'm, okay. and I'm freaking out, right? Like I'm, I don't want yeah. the clubs to get lost. Oh, and, no. You know, I know where they are actually, which is both a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Because. Think, yeah. It drives you crazy, but you can do nothing about it. Yeah. It's just sitting like a mile away because the airport's mm-hmm. so big. Um, and then we get on the plane and Michelle like tells the flight attendant, like our luggage isn't making it. And she's like, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm the flight attendant. Um, yeah. And then eventually like we, we, they close the door and I can see where it's sitting in Newark. It hasn't moved, not an inch. Um, and we, we get to Bangor at like 1130 at night. And this poor woman up there. Um, actually was extre- she was working so late like we were delayed and everything yeah. and she was extremely competent she was like mm-hmm. yep this sort of thing happens here's what we're gonna do like I'll punch it in blah 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 like five minutes later she gives me the plan of like they'll probably put it on the next flight the next morning it'll be here you'll just have to come back up and get it or we can deliver it to you and I didn't really want to take the risk of delivering it so I just I yeah. came up to the airport the next day okay wow well that was but fairly it made lucky it. I guess in the end yeah Well, that's the thing about like the blessing and the curse is at the very least, like I didn't think it would get lost in the ether. So Mm -hmm. the air tag like saved me from thinking it might end up on a plane to, you know, (laughs) Seattle or something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Also, when you got there, you didn't have to like wait at the baggage claim forever thinking that it was going to come out eventually. (laughs) And then, you know, that that woman might not have been sticking around for that long. Yeah. one hundred percent. Like it yeah. was. It, that's actually honestly what happened with Michelle's bag, because we mm-hmm. assumed her bag would get lost too, because my bag got lost, and so she went over to baggage claim and I went over to the desk, and I assumed at the desk I was going to have to talk about two bags being lost, because yeah. um, she had just checked a regular piece of luggage, but hers came out and she came running around yeah. the corner like, oh my bag made it, my bag made it, yeah. um, which honestly was probably more important because like that had all her clothes and toiletries and everything, and mine was just. Yeah golf clubs but um mm-hmm. yeah it was a it was a unique experience and now i might be an evangelist for air tags for especially <laughs> for traveling golfers yeah i might have to get one actually i've been thinking about it for a while i also think that like a lot of people put them on their keys or their wallet and all these yeah. different options so i almost put one on my wallet so i'm always losing it uh, are you really yeah but it adds a little bit of like you know thickness to the wallet that i don't really want so i haven't done it yet sure yeah. Well, something to think about. But that's yeah. the that was the ordeal of getting to Maine with golf mm-hmm. clubs. Wow. Um, we eventually we got there, and mm-hmm. um, I've played a bunch of the courses around the island and and nearby. Um, and Down yeah. East Maine doesn't have like a lot of golf courses, so it's not like yeah. you know it's not the most golf rich place in the world. But mm-hmm. I um I did find a new golf course near us called blink bonnie golf course in sorrento maine um that i really wanted to check out with michelle we had a a free morning my brother and sister-in-law and the baby i think we're we're napping or 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 trying to get the baby to to soothe and hang out and then um we had time to go do something so we drove over to to blink bonnie to check it out and i gotta tell you i think you would have loved it it was like quintessential maine very rustic very casual oh i like Um, that yeah and like when i say casual it was like 
There was nobody in the parking lot when we got there. There was like one car or two cars, yeah. huh. and the they have like a an old house that uh, you know has been converted into a clubhouse, so to speak. Mm-hmm. It was closed. There was nobody there to take our money. We had to like <laughs> really? pay online. Um, wow. Luckily, the service was good. Yeah, and uh, and then we basically had the place to ourselves for nine holes. Wow. That sounds great. And it was beautiful. It was on the. It was right on the water. You had a view oh, at the high. At, huh? It was right exactly. I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. Wait. How far is that from from your house? So it was probably like a Roughly. fifty minute drive from South okay. Harbor. I, okay. I bet so it's you. A bit, um, yeah. It's a little bit of a drive. It's not as far as another course that I love uh, mm-hmm. called Grindstone Neck, which is over in Winter Harbor, which is about an hour and change, a oh, little okay. over an hour. Yeah. Um, but it's like a classic little nine holer that you know it's yeah. you're not going there because the conditions are great. You're not going there because it's super impressive. You're going there because mm-hmm. it's sort of casual and fun. Yeah, no, I like the sound of that. I'll have to go there next time I'm up there. I think you will. Um, <laughs> but speaking of, of places you you may have already gone, um, the Causeway Club is the, say, is the place the where Causeway Club. <laughs> we did go to the Causeway Club. Yeah, so for, for the times. listener, we did a couple times. We did twice. Um, the Causeway Club is a uh, a nine hole semi private, so open to the public golf course in Southwest Harbor, Maine, uh, near Arcadia National Park, and the place where I basically learned the game. So it is my um, my villain origin story uh, comes out of the Causeway Club. But Matt, do you want to tell them about the times that you've come and played the Causeway Club, or at least experienced uh, uh, the Causeway Club? Yes. So I have experienced it twice. The first time was my first ever golf experience, which I think I mentioned on one of our other episodes. First uh, ever. I don't, I don't know that I knew that at the time. I think you did. I think did we I? were just, yeah, we were just kind of young and didn't really care that much. Um, yeah. you told me, you told me you were going to get me good enough to like be able to hit the ball, but that was, I think it was a little bit harder than you expected. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember just missing all the time. I, I had a fun time driving the golf cart, if I remember correctly. And at one point, I tried to drift it off of a uh, like gravel dirt road and <laughs> left some huge tire tracks. Luckily, we were not in view of anybody or the or like the oh, main man. house. And I so remember we like, that. Did we this get is out? Not, this, is, this is not okay. Like you gotta you gotta go clean that up. So you, <laughs> we we like got on the floor and like started scooping the rocks back over the tire tracks. Um, that's really all I remember about that. I remember missing a bunch. I remember making some huge divots and feeling guilty. And then I remember <laughs> drifting the golf cart and then, you know, having fun later that day once we, once we were no longer playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, your original uh, fear of making divots maybe begins at the Causeway Club. <laughs> I think it did. Yeah, that was part of it because I couldn't hit the ball. All I could hit was the grass. <laughs> um, and then the other time I was there is actually uh for your wedding so oh gosh that's right yeah you had um was it you were kind of night before you had there and we we had both yeah the Mm -hmm. the sort of welcome party for all the guests traveling from afar which is basically all the guests and uh yeah and the brunch yeah it's a good brunch um we should have got you to play golf that day Uh, yeah well i think it would have been fairly similar to the um the first incident, if you'd got me to play back then, uh, <laughs> I don't think I was quite well, good enough. Well, I, uh, 
I definitely need to get you back out there. Yeah, I, I would be, like to play that. I think now I could I could manage it. Um, I think you could, and I mm-hmm. and I think you definitely would have a good time. And honestly, um, I want to get back out there because yeah. I the the first um, night that we went to play, I think it was mm-hmm. like Tuesday Tuesday night last week. Um, I I played eighteen, so you can. You can play Causeway nine holes, you know, normal or eighteen. Mm-hmm. What they do is they put up uh, there are white tees and then blue tees, so you play like different tees on both turns. Okay. Um, and it was a an eventful evening. I shot the <laughs> oh, no. the no, in the good way. So oh, in a good way, okay. I yes, I shot the lowest round of my life uh, in relation Whoa. to par. So I shot two over par. Wow. Um, I was balling out. It was a really, really cool uh, yeah, and nice. fun and fun time. And honestly, what it was, um, it was just really pretty mellow and casual. So it was kind yeah. of like this weird sort of foggy evening. It was really rainy the next day. So like mm-hmm. it was sort of that pre-rain kind of day. Yeah. And um, Michelle and I played the front nine together. It was like really really slow there was a foursome ahead of us who mm-hmm. um was you know i think it was like two older guys and somebody and then maybe their grandson and clearly like their grandson was was relatively new at golf yeah um and so i think he was just you know he wasn't moving too quickly which was fine yeah. because we didn't really have anywhere to be yeah um, we got stuck a little bit behind him Yeah, we got stuck a little bit. So we played six holes um, Mm -hmm. and took a break because there's a um, there's a bar in the clubhouse now that might be new since you uh, since you got to play there. Yeah. So we took a little break. We went in. We had a beer after six holes and sort of hung out. Let them get out ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we called my my brother and his wife uh, to see if they wanted to come over and have a beer with us after we finished nine Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe bring the baby. I think it was really fun um, to kind of get the baby out of the house and like, you know, to the lobster pounds or in this (laughs) case to the golf course. Um, And they said they would. So we uh, we finished our nine holes. We played seven, eight and nine, Um, like basically right as they arrived um and i managed to shoot one over par on that nine holes um so we were like we went in we had another beer we sat and hung out um and the it was starting to get a little dark and kind of foggy and Mm -hmm. misty um and i was like i have to go back out like i shot yeah i shot one over par. i gotta keep going yeah you gotta keep it rolling yeah i mean you gotta chase the high right Mm -hmm. um so I did, and um, I decided to go off the the sixth hole because I wanted. I didn't know how long my brother and sister in law and the baby would last, and I kind of wanted them to. They wanted to to see me play, and the holes that are closest to the clubhouse are are like six and nine. So I figured okay. I'd play that little section of the course first. Yeah. Um, and so went off of six, um, promptly you know, stuck it on the front of the green and started walking down on my own. And then my brother comes running out with his, his drink. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm just going to walk with you. I'm going to come oh, hang nice. out. And, um, and honestly that was awesome. It was, yeah. it was so much fun to have him out there. Cause we just <laughs> like, we talked about 
the baby we talked about yeah life we talked about golf we talked a lot about mm-hmm. golf um yeah. probably Which too he, much he's not golf. into it really right he's just mainly disc golf is that right yeah he's he's mainly like disc golf and basketball um okay. and his dad is a big golfer so ah, okay. shout out arnie hopefully hopefully arnie's listening um <laughs> he's a big golfer but never uh never for max he max has um i don't know if i've ever actually even seen him swing a golf club oh, okay. but uh, maybe that's another person I can try to uh, inspire. Yeah, I'm sure you could if you pushed a little bit. Yeah. Uh, but needless to say, he really um, was fun to walk with because I would just tell him like what I was planning to do or like kind of would talk him through my shots. Um, mm-hmm. And we walked the whole nine holes together. And um, I made it through the first couple holes uh at about one over and then um i got it back to to even par on the back on um on the fourth hole which is the which is a par four like right along the water i chipped it to a about four feet and made the putt for birdie it was great oh, nice. um and on the final hole trying to trying to make a uh you know make a birdie to get to e- even par yeah. um I almost pulled my drive off the planet into the cove, um, but luckily oh, we found it in the rough. Yeah. I sort of hacked it up there. I made a an okay bogey, but ended the day at two over, which That's uh, still, is my yeah. best ever. Wow. And, and so honestly... Both, what was your previous best at that course? Do you know? I think my best at Causeway... So Causeway is a shorter course. It's a... Um, depending on which nine you're playing or which tees you're playing for the nine, it's either a par 32 or par 33. So total of a par 65. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I, so this was a 67. I think my best before that was probably a 72. I, okay. I certainly had never broken 70. Yeah. Um, which was quite a, quite a milestone for me. Yeah. No, that's great. Wow. I give a, a well, lot congrats. of credit to playing with with Michelle and playing with with Max on my back yeah. nine. Wow. It gets you out of your head to be with other people. Yeah, you kind of think about other things and the movements. I guess maybe just come a little more naturally or something. And I think I, there's definitely you know, something to that. It, you know. And honestly, I think when I was playing with my brother and I was telling him, you know, hey, I'm you know I'm planning to hit this shot like this. I'm aiming at this thing. I you know, I want to hit this chip so it lands two feet on and rolls out. Like when you say those things out loud, yeah, you kind of commit to them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good point. That um, was my. Uh, we played one more time out at the causeway during the mm-hmm. course of the week. Um, I did not play as well, okay. which was which was tough. I shot ten shots worse, but um, I didn't care. Because we we yeah. had the sixty seven earlier in the week, which was yeah, cool. you already hit that. So the next time was probably just more for fun. At that exactly, point. exactly. Um, I actually have a a uh, one little like kind of learning point that I yeah. I'm not sure how it would work. So, um, you said you stopped at hole six to grab a beer. Uh, how does it work? I I was kind of under the impression that like if you had your tea time, you were like stuck between the people in front of you and behind you but you you can just stop whenever you want and then start again whenever you want or is it when it's not busy or like it's great question it is very course dependent so i would say 
when it's not busy, most courses courses are pretty chill. Causeway is particularly chill because they don't even have tea times. So you kind of just show up. And, oh, they don't. Okay. Yeah. So for us, right, like we were playing after four o'clock. Um, the yeah. Twilight deal there is a good deal. It, it's a lot cheaper to play after four. Okay. Um, so we came at, you know, roughly four o'clock. We paid the guy and we just watched the first tee. There was no tea time, no nothing. Okay. Um, then when we took our break, actually, we ended up kind of at one point we were like, oh, should we go out? Because there's another group coming. And we just kind of found our spot between groups. But okay. if we had been at a, a more formal place, yeah. it would definitely be frowned upon because you would throw off the whole rhythm of the course. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was wondering about because I guess my experience has just been courses where there is a a timing and a rhythm to the groups that are moving through it. Well, and a lot of them are really, really crowded. And yeah. so if one group goes out of whack, all the groups might go out of whack, you know? Yeah. Um, so follow-up question to that is I've heard – I've never actually – you know, because I haven't played 18 holes, but I've heard talk of people stopping by the like clubhouse on on the hole nine, I guess, so like the turn. Yep. Um, is that not, and is that the same kind of deal where it's okay on some courses, okay, not okay on others, depending on how busy it is, or is it like accepted to take a break on nine? It's always cool to stop and like grab food and a drink as long as it's fairly quick and you take it with you that's i think like the universal oh, so you take it with you, you, it with you. Uh, that's the okay. universal um kind of understanding is like and i don't always do it some people you know they're more interested in like that part of the experience so they mm -hmm. will they will stop and you know get a beer and a hot dog and take it with them okay. um it is very rare to like take a break Got um, it. Okay. I, I was imagining people like taking a, a snack break, like going into the clubhouse, having like a sit down, like plate of something. <laughs> and then, well, so out. it's, it's funny you say that because I think in some other countries they do that. Like oh. I've never played golf in Japan, but mm -hmm. I, my understanding of the Japanese golf experience is that it's a very long day because mm -hmm. you're, there's a sort of these traditions of what, what you do when you arrive. There's a tradition of taking yeah. a break and having a sit-down meal uh, somewhere during your round, maybe even multiple times during your round. Yeah. And then a big tradition of what you do after your round as a group. Um, okay. And so hmm. I would love to experience that just because it's yeah, different. Yeah, sounds interesting. Unique. Yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put that on our bucket list after Scotland. <laughs> yeah. We'll go to uh, Japan and play golf. Japan is high on my list already, so. Why not, bud? Why not? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Uh, so I know we're kind of winding on time, but I I figure maybe we just give a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of what might come next. Um, yeah. I, I think for, you know, for the listeners of the show, thank you for listening. Um, we want to cover the stuff that you want to cover. So please send us your your thoughts on topics. Um, but yeah, Matt, what are some of suggestions? <laughs> oh, I think suggestions are the best thing because yeah. hopefully that's the most useful thing. Yeah, the exactly. Listeners. Sorry, uh, I interrupted you. What was your question? Well, I was going to say, what what do you think are some of the things that, that you want to have covered? Because you're our resident beginner golfer. What are right. kind of the things that might be helpful to you? You know, I feel like we've covered a lot of the stuff I had questions about as a complete beginner. Um, I am, you know, still technically 
and by technically I mean like my technique is still very beginner level and I'm not very good but my knowledge I think is is to, is like a advanced beginner now or medium beginner we're taking you from 101 to 102 yeah that's kind of how I'm feeling like I feel like we've covered a lot of the stuff about you know gear and um how to actually go to the golf course and like all the etiquette stuff there and all that so the all of, all of that's been covered i guess one thing i'm interested in learning more about which i have no i haven't even like you know looked online or i'm not sure if this is even a thing but like golf strategy beyond uh technique of like hitting the ball like is there like what's the what's the broader strategy to the game um, I think that's a great topic because that's also like a never-ending topic. It's one of these okay. things that your strategy will evolve as your skill evolves. And I think that would be a really fun one to talk about how to yeah. – basically, it's not just how to get the ball moving, but how to put the ball in the right places. Right. And there might even be – I, I know nothing about this. I'm, there might be multiple topics within that kind of global strategy that we're going to be able to cover. Definitely. I think that's a great um, idea. I think uh, another thing I'd, I'd like to go over maybe briefly is the history of golf. Find out where that came from. And I was thinking maybe since we're going to Scotland, which I know is at least I know that is the birthplace of, of golf. We can maybe talk about that like the week or, or two before we head over there. I think it's a great idea, too, because um, I honestly am a little lacking on the true like original history. Mm. Um like I know a lot about golf and I know a lot about the history of golf, but I, you know, if you told me kind of like, you know, James Naismith invented basketball, right? Like mm -hmm. I couldn't, I don't know that for golf or, okay. or any version of that. And so I think doing right. a little deep dive of our own would yeah. be a lot of fun. I think that'd be fun. Um, I also think Scotland previews will be fun in general um, oh, yeah. as a way to get our, our hype level through the roof. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, is there any other topics that, you, that you've kind of thought about? or I don't think there's anything right too now? crazy. I think the biggest thing that I keep thinking about, and this is something that I would love like listener suggestions on, is around interviews. Because, mm. you know, I'm not – you're a beginner, which is great. You're the kind mm -hmm. of perfect person for the show. But I'm not the expert on everything. And I right. think it would be fun to talk to some people who are – experts on stuff right like i know a little bit about a lot of stuff yeah. and i think there are people who know a lot about a lot of stuff mm -hmm. um and i also think it'd be fun to just talk to other people about about yeah. golf and i think that'd be I a agree. fun way to to widen the show sort of expand yeah. the uh the reach no i agree i just had an idea as well uh you know besides interviewing people that are you know golf pros and whatnot it'd be kind of just interesting to find a golf teacher uh, I think that's a great idea. You know, get their input on the, the beginner experience as well. I think golf teachers, I think people who work at golf courses, I mm -hmm. think people who are kind of around the game that you're going to interact with yeah. rather than around the game in, you know, the PGA Tour, right? Like, right. I think those are the kind of people who will have the kind of insights that hopefully take you from 102 to 103. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, I, I don't want to dive too deep into some of those previews. we got to leave something for the future. Um, <laughs> yeah. But what uh, what are you drinking this evening? Our final question. Yeah, so tonight uh, I'm actually uh, staying 
uh, at my parents' house. I'm uh, looking after their cats. And so I have broken into my father's whiskey stash. And uh, he's a fan of <laughs> Japanese we've, whiskey. We've broken into some of his stashes yes, before, we, haven't we? we? Have. This is not the first time. <laughs> um, so I'm drinking a Japanese whiskey called Kayo. I am probably butchering the pronunciation of this, um, but it's you're going to have to send me a picture of that so whiskey. I can post it with the show. I'd oh, love okay. to. I've never I, heard. I of might it. have just finished the bottle, so it's not, <laughs> not going to be the uh, the prettiest looking bottle of whiskey. But uh, yeah, what are you drinking? I um, I'm having a Negroni actually. Mm. I decided nice, um, I decided I liked Negronis a couple of months ago, maybe like a year, less than a year ago, somewhere I around think there. You, Actually, you got me into Negronis. It was so when I, just before my thirtieth birthday, which was New Year's, I mm-hmm. texted you and, and I think you said something like, "Oh, what's what's going to be the drink of the weekend or something?" And I was like, "I don't know. You got any suggestions?" And you were like, "I'm big into Negronis recently. <laughs> you should try that." So I bought. I went out and I bought all of the stuff I needed to make some, and I I was making Negronis for everybody that weekend. I think like maybe 25% of the, of the people that were up there with me enjoyed them. But I, I really got into them. I, I, They're I good, them right? Regularly. Yeah. I can see why people wouldn't like them. They're very herbal. 100%. They're very herbal. They're very bitter. Yeah. Um, Michelle does not like them. She likes the um, the kind of what we call like the the, the toned down or the, the sort of yeah. JV Negroni with, uh, with Aperol What's instead that? of Campari. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. It sweetens it up a little bit. It changes the flavor profile, but Mm -hmm. um, it's honestly the first drink that I consistently like with gin. Oh, nice. Oh, I'm a big gin fan, so. (laughs) I know. I know. You tried to get me into gin and tonics once. I I just could not do it. Uh, Maybe while we're in the UK, I'll I'll get you some good gins. Yeah, we'll chase it with good whiskey. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think uh, that was a fun episode. That was good. I I enjoyed that. Um, mm-hmm. Any closing thoughts before we we sign off? Um, no, I don't think so. Just looking forward to Scotland. Going to try to get some practice in before we uh, head out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. when we record next week, maybe you'll uh, maybe you'll take a couple swings in the backyard. Let us know how the swing feels. <laughs> yeah, no, I will. Deal. Well. Um, until then, follow us on, on Instagram, PartalkPod. Uh, send in questions, thoughts on, uh, on future topics, people we should interview. That's actually a really probably a very helpful one. If you've got people that you follow on like Instagram or, or TikTok, like send them over if you think they'd be a good interview. And we'll, uh, if, we'll start we'll start sending some DMs. Or if even if you want to be on the show. Yeah, if you I want think to be on the qualified. show, reach out. <laughs> well, we'll be the judge of whether they're qualified. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, well, until then, thanks for listening. And when in doubt, just play fast. Thanks, Will. See y'all.